Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, good morning, Jamie. <clears throat> good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday, one step closer to the weekend. Um, and I guess I'm not the only one that has a hard time dealing with the city because I'm getting messages from so many people. We should do a segment on the show, just horror stories of dealing with nonsense. And uh, we could fill an entire show. Um, if you missed the story, maybe I'll tell it later. But I had a little bit of a meltdown in dealing with the city of Phoenix and, 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 and uh, the water department. The original mistake was mine. No surprise there. But anyway, good morning. Um, we are going to start off this morning talking about the straight hike from the Fed. Going to let you hear from Jerome Powell on why they did this and what all of this means. They've raised it by 25 basis points and uh, they are seeing a slowing down of the economy, but the job market remains strong. And so I want you to hear uh, the first of all, this is him announcing the rate hike. Today, the FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 25 basis points. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. So this is, again, where now we're, we're watching as... Wall Street reacts to what's happening because they are saying, A, we've raised rates again, although uh, 25 basis points, not 50, but we're not done. We're going to do this. So why are they doing it? What was the purpose of all of this? Our overarching focus is using our tools to bring inflation back down to our 2% goal and to keep longer term inflation expectations well anchored. So uh, he talks about why they're doing this now, and it's going a little bit slower. Shifting to a slower pace will better allow the committee to assess the economy's progress toward our goals as we determine the extent of future increases that will be required to attain a sufficiently restrictive stance. So this is where, with the announcement of why they are doing what they're doing, trying to, and this is the balancing act that they are trying to achieve, which is slow the economy down enough that prices begin to drop without sprinting into a recession where Massive layoffs happen. Now, Intel has announced they have got layoffs coming. It's the next tech industry company that is announcing layoffs. And uh, so we are seeing a shifting of the job market a little bit. We are seeing a slowing down. It's taking people longer to find work, although jobs are still strong. That's the shining star in all of this so far, which is good news that people are able to keep their finance, their heads financially above water just because of the, you know, the, the uh, interest rates are going up. The economy's slowing, but there still are a lot of jobs. Um, there is an interesting story here because we've talked a lot about mortgage rates and how mortgage rates don't necessarily or they don't. Well, I shouldn't say don't necessarily. They do not coincide with the Fed rate hikes. They fluctuate differently. But we know that we've seen an interest rate increase. But here's a headline. Falling mortgage rates bring some home buyers back to the market. Um, after years of renting, it is one thirty five year old public relations executive. For Amazon is going to buy a home. Said I spent 2022 learning about mortgages, and this talks about people that are looking to buy homes. That now that we've seen the market change a bit, where it's not as competitive to buy a home, even here in the valley, we've seen a difference in the market. So homeowners are more willing to negotiate when selling and things of that nature. And we're seeing interest rates drop. A lot of people jumping into the market. What is that going to do? Um, is that going to start moving prices up again? All of these questions remain. So more of the you know, when we heard that the Phoenix market, the Phoenix Metro was one of four that may see a pretty dramatic downturn, hoping that that gets avoided as well. Um, the company 
the company has 12,000 Arizona employees at their Chandler campus and is going to take a hit. Um, it says that 5% pay cuts for employees above mid-level ranks, which include engineers earning more than $100,000 a year, and 10% cuts for vice president. The pay cuts are effective March 1st. No merit raises for any employees. The 401k match for employees is cut in half from 5 to 2.5%. The executive leadership team will see a 15% salary cut. So the chief executive officer will see his base pay cut by 25%, but most of his compensation comes in the form of stock awards, and his total compensation for, for all of this, it, it, his first year on the job, was $179 million. Not bad. Not bad. Um so they, they put out a statement. It says, we continue to navigate macroeconomic headwinds and work to reduce costs across the company. We've made several adjustments to our 2023 employee compensation and rewards program. These changes are designed to impact our executive population more significantly and will help support the investments and in overall workforce needed to accelerate our transformation and achieve our long-term strategy. Um, in, but we are seeing now a softening of the market and, you know, the real estate market, how it's affected and prices. This is part of, um, you know, some of these things get me. This is the next story is out of San Diego. It's not from Arizona, but a San Diego restaurant sees its natural gas bill soar to six thousand dollars per month. Um, uh, they said that it's running us out of here. This restaurant owners are demanding action over the city's soaring energy prices after the natural gas bill spiked $6,000 or <clears throat> a 400% surge in just one month. Uh, Rudford's restaurant owners, uh, they were on uh, Fox and Friends Thursday talking about this. They said they're not exactly representing the people here in San Diego. I can tell you that. It just seems like they're throwing businesses under the bus. We bring in so much tax revenue and everything for the city of San Diego. And they're here like stabbing us in the back almost with all these costs, allowing all these companies to do whatever they like. It's sad to see people are suffering. A $6,000 per month gas bill. Um so this is, you know, these are the things that concern people. Um, one of the other things, this is an NPR story talking about the reduction in the boost people got from the pandemic for SNAP, which is the food assistance program, that we are seeing some of these programs and the government money is drying up. Now, this is, uh, I think for me anyway, it's a lesson for everybody, a reminder, because we probably all already know this, that once you start putting somebody on a government program, they become dependent on it. When that program ends, people suffer because they they've become used to it it's become a necessity and this happens in your in the real world you know when you get a raise and you think oh my gosh this is going to be my life so much easier and 6 months later you realize you've adjusted your um your quality of life to match your income so you're not putting that money away you know and that's just human nature you buy a nicer car you buy the house you do those things when you start seeing an increase in revenue well the same thing in some of these government programs and when the government programs end people are saying what are we going to do now and and so it it's i'm not it's not being against government programs but it is the natural fallout of what happens so food continues to be very very expensive we know that inflation is still hitting the market for the necessities and the food that we eat and other things. And now we are seeing that some of these government programs are drying up. And part of that is the necessity of slowing down the economy. Unfortunately, working class families are feeling it. So right now you're going to see some of the food assistance programs diminish. We're seeing gas prices heading toward an average of four bucks a gallon. 
in an increased price there. And we are seeing a slowing down of the job market. These are the fears of the recession that everybody is concerned about. When you start seeing people financially have the bottom fall out from under them. This is where I, you know, I think about the working families like I've been my whole life. You know, the people that not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but close, um, managing your budget very closely, making sure you're stretching dollars, making sure you're doing the appropriate thing with the money that you make. And when you find out through no fault of your own that you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, there's a lot of people that go out and get second jobs, uh, you know, because they want to buy something specific or they're saving for a house or it just gets tough and they need to, you know, a little bit extra. And now people are finding out that that still may not be enough and some of those jobs may go away. So people that have worked very hard to do the right thing are going to find themselves financially tapped out, running up credit card debt at record amounts, interest rates on those credit cards are going up. You know, it's and I'm I am still hopeful that we are not going to see this massive recession, that we are that this is hopefully the balance will come out in in the end. What I don't want to see is the American people lose. This isn't about politicians and politics. It's about you and me. It's about us being able to not just survive but thrive and be proud and build a life. And hopefully we're going to get back on track soon. Uh, What we're going to do in just a moment is talk about – Policing, because major cities across this country have suffered massive losses in policing, and the results are staggering. I'll give you some examples coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Appreciate you spending some time with us on this Thursday morning. Um, we uh, Policing is a topic I talk about quite often, and, and I, I welcome the conversation about how best to have safe streets and for everybody in every community to feel comfortable with the police, that they don't feel that there's two sets of rules or different rules for different parts of town. I get all of that, I, I th- and I think it's a valuable conversation. I really don't – I don't run from that conversation, but I certainly do believe that for the people that want a better relationship with the police uh, – but and they think they're going to get safer neighborhoods with less cops. And I, I, we're finding out all over the country that's just not true. And it's because of the criminal element. Criminal element, it's that predatory behavior, that predatory mindset. Predators in numbers always go after the weakest link. They always go after the easy prey. And they are you know, ambush predators. If you've ever watched any of those shows, how the lions hunt together. And, and the fact of the matter is predator, that predator, mindset where you and I, an average, a normal person, if you were driving at night and you saw a teenage girl with her car broken down, you would make sure she was okay and she had a cell phone and she called her parents and, you know, you would do something to help or protect or make sure that she was okay. Predators see that as an opportunity to get over on someone, which is what scares parents so badly about the people out there that are looking to do harm. That element exists in every city, big or small, in America, unfortunately. And when they get the upper hand, they do their best to exploit it and keep it. Here is a couple of headlines that are just to me shocking. San Francisco, this is a quote, we have no protection. San Francisco police respond to a burglary call nearly 15 hours later. 15 hours. Now, again, go back to where we started. 
Law and order. We are a law and order society. Um, there are, there's an element among us that don't like guns and wish there were no guns among us and guns are evil and who needs a gun and why would you have a gun? This is why many people are turning to that now. Self-protection, realizing there are not enough police officers out there to save us. Um, was it Chicago? I think it's Illinois that's proposing a law that says if you own a grocery store and some of these, if you live in a town with more than a couple of million people, which is Chicago, that uh, you're going to have to hire an armed security guard if you own a bank, if you own a grocery store. So they are telling the private citizenry, we are not going to protect you. But this headline in San Francisco, imagine, imagine. Now, there's been changes in policing. If you have a vehicle, a car stolen here in the valley, generally speaking, they don't come out to you. They take give you a report number for your insurance company. At least that's how it was in Phoenix for a long time. But here's another one. NYPD sees the largest staff exodus in decades with leaders refusing to acknowledge mounting crisis, according to their union boss. New York City is rolling back to where it was. Now, before... We all know what happened to Rudy Giuliani Um, when Rudy Giuliani was America's mayor and Rudy Giuliani took over as the mayor of New York. He made his bones in politics as the uh, the attorney that went after um, organized crime in New York. But when he became the mayor of New York, old New York City, old Manhattan and Midtown, which I'm very familiar with, Midtown Manhattan was a crime haven. And uh, Times Square was not the tourist destination that it is now. Times Square was criminals. And he cleaned it up, got rid of the prostitutes, got rid of the drug dealers, got rid of the people selling stolen or knockoff items, the peep shows and all the other things and transformed it into what it is now. And when I when I've been in New York a bunch, when I was doing some of the national TV stuff, um, I stayed right there in right next to Times Square. It was mid block between Broadway and Avenue of the Americas at 44th Street. And it was right in the heart of everything down there. And I'll tell you, even when I was going on a fairly regular basis, there's still something about walking into Times Square that's that's almost magical. It's such a cool place. Um, and it wasn't always like that. Well, New York City is beginning to return to that because the criminal element is beginning to get the upper hand. And I say all of this for two reasons. One is we have to be very careful of what happens in our valley cities. We are still we are not a blank canvas anymore, but we certainly are an unfinished portrait. We have got a lot of open space and a lot of people moving here. And the Phoenix Police Department and the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office and agencies across the valley have done a very good job of keeping a lid on crime and keeping our city streets fairly safe and compared to other major cities. But if we are not careful with our attitude toward policing and with our emphasis on policing, we are going to find ourselves fighting a, a losing battle. So that's the one reason. The other reason is for everybody out there that sees the reputation of policing being tarnished, we need a new generation of people to step in and be a part of that change. And it's going to be young people. So if you know someone or if you are someone, these are the things that are necessary in, in keeping a society safe. My, I, I've talked about my family. My brother and my his wife, my sister-in-law, are both 
cops. My brother's a captain with the sheriff's office. His wife is a deputy in the sheriff's office. My brother Tom, who I've talked often about, and, I've, and mostly people know that he was killed in Iraq as a soldier. Between his time as a Marine and his time in the Army as a soldier, he worked from 1994 to 2000 in the Department of Corrections here in Arizona, and he worked as a corrections officer out in Florence in SMU2, the Special Management Unit. And he was very proud of the law enforcement career he had inside the prison. They are law enforcement officers. They're not guards. They're law enforcement officers. And if we don't keep the positive attitude toward policing, if we don't make sure that our city management and our state management and our county management, if we don't make sure that they continue to respect the job of policing, support the job of policing, and make sure that we have a robust police office, you know, station or office or agency, whatever level of government it is, we're going to find ourselves in these losing battles. And we've got to continue to tell these stories. All right, Gatos joins me in a moment, and it's our Big Q poll question of the day, so please stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Good morning, Gatos. Hello, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. The the Gatos 3000 has been confiscated by KTAR Radio. (laughs) I'm on the Gatos 150. It's called my phone. Well, and uh, it's not going to be as uh, clear as uh, it usually is. Uh, they might be secretly trying to kill the segment between me and you. I don't know why, but... Uh, here's what I want you to say. Repeat yeah. after me. One small okay. step for man, one giant leap for mankind. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to... It's going to... Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, this sound great. like this until... Until uh, until they figure it out, but you know the Gato three thousand was legendary, and I don't know if I'm getting it back. All right, oh my gosh, you make yeah. me laugh. You, make, I think you're I mean, the only I, person that I know that's secretly as angry as I am, just in your heart. <laughs> Isn't it a wonderful way <laughs> to is. live? It is. It's it's great. Oh, you know, I would I'd read my big Q, but like I'm on my phone. How am I supposed to talk to you on the phone and then also read my big Q? It's impossible. <laughs> so I had the Gatos 3000 and I could, you know, hold my phone in front of me and read it. I don't understand this radio oh, station, how they expect me to do this. Anymore. Amazing. That is amazing. Uh, uh, well, here's the Q. Hold on a minute. It. I'm going to I'm putting you on speaker. OK. Can you hear me? OK. Yeah, it's great. Uh, a a bill in the Arizona House okay. would allow pregnant women to drive in the HOV carpool lane during primetime hours. Do you agree? Huh. Um, I guess this is all, you know, with uh, abortion sure. and all that kind of stuff yep. and what's your state law. I've said this before. I believe, like, um, you and I should also be allowed to be in the HOV lane because, you know, we got the stuff to make babies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't you think? Well, listen, I I think there is nothing more ridiculous than the HOV lane anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I've kind of said that for a long time. Can you still hear me? Yeah. On the air? (laughs) Uh, I've said that for for many years. Why don't you just open up the HOV lane? Well, because in traffic would be so much better. It's just an extra lane. Right. Think of the think of the dumb principle behind the HOV lane at the busiest times of the morning. We're going to take away one lane from the majority of drivers. (laughs) All in the interest of the environment. If you got them to work faster, we'd have less smog in the environment. 
See how angry we get? See, we're getting angry again. It's the environment? Is that why they do it? Yeah, the HOV lane is so that people carpool, so there's less cars on the road, and that's the idea behind it. You know who's carpooling? Who? No one. Right. (laughs) No one is carpooling. Right. Not not a single person. Not a single person's like, yeah, that sounds good. I want to I want to drive to work with yeah. somebody else. I know. Uh, and no, that doesn't happen. So I, I think that I think that we should be allowed yeah. in men allowed in the HOV lane. We've got the stuff to make the baby too. Right. Well, listen, I, I without us. I love the question, and uh, you never yeah. sounded better. <laughs> Did that? Are you there? <laughs> you just. <laughs> Gatos, I all right. Thanks, Gatos. You're gonna get us both fired. All right. The big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up in a moment, we talk about the debt ceiling.